oh Toby, I I know we're not I know we're not I know we're not doing this anymore, but um can I just I've got a joke for you. Okay. I'm ready. Are you ready? Yeah. What do you call a joke without a punchline? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Why, hello. Uh, it's another episode of Battery Mates. Uh, and uh, I'm here in Chicago. Uh, my name's Toby. And um, here with us from England, uh, over over the pond, um, is Matthew. Matthew, it is season seven. We're, we're in our seventh season of Battery Mates. Uh, it's a record breaker. It's a <laughs> and, you know, honestly, we may not have a season for Major League Baseball, but where will be a Battery Mates season in 2022 uh no one is no one is locking no one is locking us out of battery mates <laughs> i literally got locked out of my house two weeks ago but uh that's not i don't think that's the same i, I don't think that counts uh no that doesn't count <laughs> teach me first. you know what i i i i'm i'm excited for season seven and i am hopeful for baseball i i, I didn't have a great time last season you know mm. with, with covid and the national sucked and it was really hard to to watch as many games as I would have wanted to, but I was out for a walk yesterday and in the woods, and it felt like a um, a war like a cold spring day instead of a warm Ooh. winter's day. Do you know what I mean? Like you, yes. you know, you, that, that sort of like that turn, and I just suddenly had like not just not just an enthusiasm for baseball, but like a physical yearning to yes. watch baseball again, and like a physical like I have to. I have to watch baseball soon. And I wasn't expecting that because I'm seriously upset about the lockout. And like I said, last season wasn't great, but yeah. I am now, I'm now like physically desperate for baseball again. I don't know. Maybe it's in your, um, your body, your natural like clock, your internal clock is, is there's something going on because as it works out today would have been the first games of, spring training baseball today would have been like you could have turned on the MLB app and actually watched the nationals play. You knew it. God. You were walking around today. And you knew you, <laughs> like something inside of you knew what you were missing. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't realize that, but yeah, my body clock, my body clock told me I must have baseball. Oh God, that's depressing. <laughs> it's depressing. Oh, but it's, you know, I, you know, maybe we can, at the end of the episode, we can do some sort of like um, moment where we send our uh, prayers to the baseball gods uh, and and hope this this lockout ends soon. But yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's it's <laughs> it's been a weird. We we've, we've been two months without an episode. Um, we kind of said we'd have one or two before spring training starts. Well, <laughs> we're still holding that uh, promise uh, because <laughs> spring training was supposed to start. Weeks ago now, um, but it, <laughs> it obviously has not. Uh, although I guess if you're not on the 40 man roster, apparently spring training is happening right now. Did you know this? I it's it's very undercovered, but like all these like the minor leaguers are all there. Um, like they're having their practices and their games and all that. But um, are they? I didn't yeah, know that. yeah. I didn't know that. It, it, it was like and nobody's. I mean, I, I understand why nobody's covering it because it's not really the story, but. It is it spring training's happening. It's just for everybody that's not on the forty man roster. <laughs> so will will the will the minor league season happen? Yes. normally. Yeah, yeah. It's oh starting God, on this time. This could be like the. This could be a breakthrough year for minor league teams. I know. They're going to get crowds of thirty thousand people, forty thousand people, <laughs> standing room only at uh, in Columbus, Ohio. No, I think that's right. I mean, honestly, like it, you know, we've been talking about this um, off the air but uh we're planning our i don't want to you know spoil any news here but we're planning our 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 first battery mates episode in person in three years four years something like that four years and uh three 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 we did 2019 yeah we did 2019 yeah wait did we (laughs) yeah we did right is that miami no we did oh we did boston yeah okay we did boston yeah yeah 
Okay, so three years. Our first in three years. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and I, I imagine your first game in in like three seasons, right? You haven't you didn't go to one it, last year. It it w- it will be my first game since the uh, game five of the twenty nineteen World Series. <laughs> it's a, it'll be a, it won't be as as uh, exciting as that, I don't think. But if we no, it won't be as emotional. <laughs> yeah, yes, it will. I will. The thing is, I if the season doesn't happen, I say <laughs> this is probably going to be a hard sell. But I say we keep the days on the calendar and go to a bunch of minor league games instead. <laughs> oh, it'll be a hard sell. Anyway, let's should we just get right into around the horn? Do we want to talk about anything? I mean, the world's a crazy place right now. Yeah, we could we could talk about anything. I I, I don't want to I don't want to talk about Ukraine, but yeah. I do want to say, fuck Putin. Yeah, I do want to say Putin. that the situation is fucked. But this is a baseball pod, so let's, let's dive right into the uh, CBA. From one authoritarian to a group of thirty authoritarians. <laughs> I was about to say that Putin's probably a Yankees fan, and I'm like, oh, that's probably too too harsh on the Yankees. And then you're like, <laughs> you just went the opposite direction. Uh, that's great. Um, yeah, we're not going to have Putin on our uh, as a guest this season. Um, that's a commitment from from, from me. Um, uh, it's not going to happen. So yeah, let's go. <laughs> Word from our sponsor, however, we'll, we'll we take it on well, a case by case basis. Yeah, I mean they're going to have to spend their money somewhere. They, YouTube just stopped uh, taking money from. Russia today, so um, somebody's got to do it. Uh, no, this is that. This gets serious here. It's time for around the horn, the lockout fallout edition. Um, and in my mind, I don't know. You know, maybe our editors can come up with something in post, but I want something like really like chunky, some chunky music, some like you know, you know, you know, some rock. You know, lockout fallout edition. Um, it's going to be really awkward when it's, there's no music at all. But um, so. Should we get right into this? What what do we, you know, we're we're recording this on the weekend. Uh, it's the end of February. As we said, we should be playing spring training baseball. We should be watching some meaningless games. Um, you know, turning it off in the seventh inning when there are players that don't have names on the backs of their jerseys in every position. Um, but you know, the commissioner office the office says the deadline is Monday for them to reach an agreement on the CBA uh, in order to not miss games in 2022 so uh you know taking him at his word um should we should we get right into what they're haggling over or not haggling over as the case may be yeah but can i can i say first how like there's lots of details to talk about and they're in, it's interesting to anyone who's very into baseball and you have to be very very into baseball to be listening to this podcast but <laughs> Can I just say how disappointed I am by the dynamics of this lockout? Yeah, I wanted a um, a, a a conflict between MLB and the MLBPA where there was some element of principle and meaning for fans, and nothing they're talking about is of interest to me. Right. Seriously, nothing at all. Absolutely, nothing of contention is relevant to the people who watch the game and pay for all of these people to earn millions and millions of dollars. And, you know, I generally am on the side of the players. Like, they get the right. shitty end of the stick, don't get me wrong. But I have found myself to be incredibly underwhelmed by the whole thing. And so I, I want to talk about the luxury tax. I want to talk about uh, bonus pools. You know, these are interesting things. But I... I'm not passionate about any of this shit. And I thought I was going to be, I thought I was going to be like right. on barricades. Uh, I am not right. I am it, absolutely not. It, it's, 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 it's striking how little, you know, there's nothing structural that they're ha- that they're like debating. No. No, nothing, nothing no. actually meaningful. It's really just dollar amounts that they're, they're, yeah. that they're, uh, you know, that they're actually negotiating over. I, I you know, and I'm sure it's meaningful to the players and, and all that, and the owners, I'm sure. But it's really hard to be a like a really avid baseball fan and to follow this closely and to and as you said, to care at all. Like I don't I want this to be resolved. I generally am rooting for the players. I generally think the owners like 
you know, we're talking about a very small percentage of dollars that there, that is, you know, compared to their revenue every year. Um, like, I, I just, you know, I wish they could just like, you know, make it go away, <laughs> fix it. Yeah. Um, but we'll get it. We'll get into the how this looks. I mean, and and like the way this is portrayed. Um, because I think that's a big, a big part of the problem I'm having with it. But I, I you know, honestly, I wrote all this stuff down. Um, well, you know, our research team. Put put down a, a lot of <laughs> pulled together a lot of material for what you know. We asked them, "Hey, can you just give us the details about what the negotiations are over?" And um, you know, <laughs> I had to sift through this like seven hundred page document, and I was like, "No, I want bullets. I want bullets. Six bullets, you know." Um, and so you know, it took weeks, but and this is the, one of the reasons why we're there's so much delay between episodes. You know, we spent a lot of time with the research team, but um, so I I do want to like. To your point, Matthew, I think that there, this, these are the things that are actually, I guess, the, the big hangups. So there's the small things. There is a the, the new the big new item um, that is already kind of agreed to is this bonus pool for players who are pre-arbitration. So which is a cool idea. It's like one of the things the players want to do is make it so it's not just the, the veterans getting paid. Um, you, you actually can earn sure. a, a living when you're a young player. Um, you know, usually in having your better years, right? Um, right. And so, and you, they've already gotten to this point where you reach arbitration after three years, um, or some, some players after two seasons or two plus seasons. But there is the there's the other um, a whole bunch of players who haven't reached arbitration who this bonus pool would pay out to those players. A certain amount of money based on their performance in a year, so which I think is a cool idea. And the players are asking for a 115 million dollar pool, which would be distributed to 150 players. Um, and then owners are like, "Hold on, we'll do 30 players, and that pool will be 20 million dollars." So there's a big gap there. But like again, that doesn't seem like we're not talking about, relatively speaking, we're not talking about that much money per team, and we're not talking about. Right that much of a di- if you agree to if you agree in principle to this idea they should figure this out they should just like you know literally just split it down the middle <laughs> so it's a really it's a really good example of what we're talking about you know like i'm i i think that um free agency is 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 kind of bullshit like i think the draft system you know coming from european country where we don't have drafting at all i can see a lot of benefits to the draft system but i can also see how free agency is like an impediment on applying your trade and, and that sucks and having a fight over the nature of free agency would kind of get me riled up and probably taking sides and man in the barricades how big the bonus pool is and how many players are in the bonus pool for eligibility is uh, I, 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 i'm not getting animated about that <laughs> right right i mean the thing uh, is i'm not the if if it was like should we have this bonus pool or not I could have a debate over that that seems fun sure but sure. they've already agreed they're going to do it they both agree yeah okay so let's do it yeah Fig- figure it out yeah they're um, just being dicks now right right uh, so the next item is this draft lottery um, which is the, the this is an idea again another kind of a new thing that the first several spots of the draft will be determined by a lottery instead of ranked by on reverse record so it's it's essentially to disincentivizing tanking, right? You know, to make it so it's not, uh, you can't just lose 110 games and automatically get that first or second pick of the draft. You know, again, both sides kind of already agreed to this. This this is actually one of the developments that's happened in this week-long negotiation. There's some progress, optimism, this part is going to get done. Um, so that's that's one thing. Again, I don't really, I, I like, again, I like the idea. I'm, I'm fine with it. Not something I'm super passionate about, but, you know, I'm glad there's some progress on something. And then uh, this is where it starts to get a little bit dicey. The big, the big, <laughs> the big items are league minimum salary. So I guess this is the big, where the biggest gulfs are. The league minimum salary. So right now it was, I think, I think it's 630,000 uh, right now. Um, although that's not right. I'll, we'll, we'll fix that. <laughs> um, to, the, the players essentially have asked for 775 starting next this season and increasing it by 30,000 every year. 
a big increase from where it is now. I think it like just around 600,000. The owners are like, we'll do 630 and we'll increase it by 10,000 every year over five years. So it's a pretty big gulf there. But again, we've already agreed to the minimum salary idea. It's just got to figure out a sweet spot, I guess, um, and a meaningful uh, plan to raise it over the time of the CBA, the yeah. five-year agreement. Um, it doesn't seem Everyone impossible. Everyone agrees it's way too low. Everyone agrees it's way yeah. too low. Everyone everyone agrees it should have been raised in the last CBA. Right. Everyone knows that the owners like completely pwned the MLBPA in the last CBA. And this is just haggling. This is just another one where they all know where they're going to end up and they're dick swinging about who can quote unquote win and we're going to lose games because of it. It's just yeah. like the um you know the life of Brian, the movie the life of Brian yeah. where they where the guy makes him haggle. It's like, well, yeah. I'm, I'm not selling it to you until we're haggling. <laughs> it's like the owners just insist on haggling their way to this. But the consequence of that is that we're going to lose games. It's just yeah. so stupid. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's 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 bizarre. And the big, the, the big, this seems to be the big item, the big ticket item, or the big, big thing they have to actually resolve is the competitive balance tax, which is the luxury tax, Um which for for most teams is kind of acted as a de facto salary cap. Like, you know, it was two hundred and ten million this year. Only I think two teams went over that, that amount. So and and not by much. So it has been effective at capping salaries, even though it's not a salary cap. So the union wants to raise this quite a bit. They want to start it at two two hundred forty five million and scale it up over five years to two seventy three. Major League Baseball is like let's start with two fourteen and scale it up to two twenty two. So it's they're they're pretty far apart on this. Um, like, it, it, but the, again, this is not something, um, you know, it's not something that they can't, that a negotiator couldn't resolve, right? Like, they're gonna somewhere end up somewhere in the middle, probably closer to where the owners are. Um, but it's it's just a matter of like no one's actually making any meaningful movement on this yet, um, and until they do, uh, until someone blinks, I guess we're just yeah. not making any progress. So then there's, then there's the things that have been dropped. So the players were like, um, they really wanted to uh, adjust free agency eligibility and arbitration eligibility, um, and they've mostly dropped those uh, those, those, those stances. Um, and then seemingly everything, there's a couple things that have been agreed to already. You know, the universal DH, which I know you're really um, passionate about, um, and the expanded playoffs to 14 teams from 10, um, which is something that I guess has been agreed to in principle. Although the players have reminded the owners it's agreed to in principle, if we have a full season and, and, and uh, it comes off the table, I guess if uh, players aren't paid for a 162 game season. So, um, and that, you know, (laughs) to keep in mind, we're talking about all these millions of dollars that there expanding the playoffs from 10 million, 10 teams to 14 teams is estimated to be worth, hundred million dollars to major league baseball. So you understand yeah. why that's, that piece is the one that the owners, that's, that's actually the piece where the owners like care about. And they already won that, you know? And that, and that's the, that's the, like the standard example for me of how fans are standing outside this whole situation. Right. The expanded playoffs is the thing that will most impact of all of the changes that they're talking about. Universal DH. I don't like it, but you know, I understand it happens. Like I see universal, I see DH games regularly in the season. Like it's not going to dramatically change my enjoyment of the game of baseball. Expanded playoffs is going to be having a meaningful impact on our enjoyment of baseball. And they do not give two shits what fans think about that. Right. They don't care about what the format for the, you know, they want, they want eyes on ads. Right. That's what they care about. And there's no voice for fans in the stands. And that's what's gone in my gears. Yeah. That's a really good point. Because, like, nobody I, – I think if you pull Battery Mates listeners, I bet you most people would be against uh, expanding playoffs from 10 to 12, 10 to 14 teams. Um, I, I, I don't like so. it. I, I mean, I, I don't like it. Um, I'd want it to if, uh, impact on 162 games. I don't think if you're going to expand playoffs, you don't need 162 games. Right. If you're going to expand the playoffs, you need to expand the playoff series. Like I'd want to see more games paid in the postseason to sort the wheat from the chaff. 
Because right. if you're expanding the playoffs, you've got more chance of a, you know, an 82 and 82 team, an 81 81 team, sorry, um, going going the distance. And that that just seems to me like nonsense, total nonsense. But yeah. that kind of like the 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 quality of the product, the 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 fairness of the season and postseason, it's just not a factor here. They just care about dollars, and yeah. just like it's it's crystallizing it for you know new fans like me who didn't go through 1994 um i didn't this is like the first really like cba that could fall apart um and it it's not it's not fun to see it's not yeah. it's not fun to see at all yeah and so you know if we're to take the commissioner's office at their word this weekend you know they've been meeting all week which you know it's a nice change of pace. You know, we're hearing about no movement, no movement, no movement, and they're not even meeting, right? But at least they've been meeting all week, and they're they're meeting this weekend, which, as you know, like when you're making making people work on the weekend, that um, generally means signals at least you're serious. <laughs> um, so yeah, they've been meeting. They're meeting today, uh, and uh, there's Jeff Passan just tweeted uh, breaking news here. Uh, just tweeted that the Major League Baseball Players Association. Um, in their proposal today, their first proposal today, apparently, um, they've already backed off significantly on a few things. So, you know, I guess we're going to find out. We're going to find out this weekend who's serious about moving toward a resolution and who's not, you know. And I think if both sides seem to be serious about coming off of their long held, you know, these these tent poles that are, again, meaningless to fans they don't mean much to fans um, and start moving toward a resolution on some of these contentious items. Then I think we'll see. I, I think we won't see any missed games. I think we, and if we do, it'll be a few, a handful. Um, and that's hope that's the case. But anyway, I think that the other piece of this, and you kind of touched on this a little bit is uh, when I've tried to, and I'm moving, moving on to another subject kind of, but when I've tried to follow this, it really does seem like, and maybe I've never really been a fan who's been following the coverage of these labor negotiations as closely as I am now, but it's it's astounding how writers that I just assumed were, you know, sports writers, uh, how they, they they very much in the in these like. Uh, <laughs> In a, in a moment where one side's pitted against the other, where it's very clear, like where their biases are, um, it's actually kind of weird. Uh, seeing someone like Buster Olney, who is a, you know, I I, I kind of think he's a legitimate uh, journalist and usually is, is is pretty fair and and has you know sees sees both sides. He's been parroting a lot of owners' talking points uh, in his. Um, and doing a lot of both sizing. And um, right after we recorded our last episode, um, Ken Rosenthal like lost his job at MLB Network because he had been like mildly critical of Rob Manfred. Yeah. And it's yeah. like, it, I guess it, I just, I never, I just always assumed that these properties, like, <laughs> I just, he just puts in like, it puts in perspective how much like MLB.com is, you know, it's, it's propaganda, right? It's propaganda for Major yeah. League Baseball. You know, in normal times, it's just marketing, right? <laughs> we call that marketing. Right. But now when there's something political going on, like, like, like they don't talk about current players at all. They, you know, and that's part of their silly, we're not going to, we, we're going to take player spaces off the websites and all that. But there's, they're also like all their stories, are, they're, when they're talking about the negotiations, it's very... It's just like clear that there's like real bias uh, in their coverage. It's just horrible. It's just horrible. Really, really horrible. I've, I've just completely stopped listening to baseball tonight. I, I really like Boss Jordan. I, I listen to that podcast a lot. And I've just completely stopped listening to it. And it's pushed me way towards more fan media like John Boy media. Talking baseball, yeah. I listen to a lot. Um, I don't think they've got as much access, but at least they're not feeding me shit. Right. And I, you know, all of the MLB owned um, output. It's just, you know, I think I, I, I don't know. We don't know now 
But I think there's a chance that they've really damaged themselves into the long term because a lot of the media properties that fans enjoyed are now tainted. And so it'll be interesting to see whether they can pull that back once the season does start. And maybe it will all just go back to normal and everyone will just dust themselves down and go on. But I don't know. I, I, I'm looking at a, a whole range of journalists in a in a completely different light. I, I yeah, you know, I used to think that Ken Rosenthal was a bit of a you know <laughs> yeah. bit of a dweeb. You know, I thought he was a kind of a nerd and, and like not that. Well, the bow tie doesn't that. help. But he, yeah. he he has he has shown himself to be a robust and serious journalist. Well, he, and- whether you like his kind of reporting or not, he's he's legit. Well, and you can, and once the you know once he lost his job at. MLB network and it was just like one of his side hustles right it was one of his like you know he's on tv during their broadcast or whatever um the gloves are off there um he had a piece in the athletic uh a couple days ago that was the, the headline was let's try this again baseball here's a deal between the union and the owners here's what a deal between the union and the owners should look like now and it was just completely filled with sarcastic you know uh, the tone is so like uh pissed <laughs> if any it, you know he's he actually is coming up with like a solution proposing a solution being like you know uh, this is this shouldn't be this shouldn't be my job um but he uh he, he does uh call attention to he calls back into the 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 language that major league baseball used when they announced the lockout, which was, um, you know, he had this big preamble and he goes, after almost 800 words, it's time to jumpstart this column and accelerate the urgency for an agreement. After all, I want to provide as much runway as possible to avoid damage to the 2022 season. So those, and those were obviously parroting words from the commissioner, the commissioner and the announcement of the lockout, which let's be, let's remind everybody, you know, they, they, they locked players out December 1st. And then there was no negotiation for 42 days. So this deadline that we're talking about, we're facing on, we're, we're less than two days away from, like, then they're, they're canceling spring games. They're, they're, they're canceling part of spring training because base, the owners dragged their feet. And I, what scares me and what the reason why the last couple of weeks I've started to get really pessimistic about what this what the season's going to look like or what the res- what timing we're looking at the resolution is that owners seem to be very willing to like take this all the way um for what reason i cannot fathom but uh it does seem like there's just well the, re- the, the reason is if, if if i can be so bold as to read into their minds i would say the reason is they care significantly more about dollars than they do about fans yeah, I just, I guess, I guess maybe it's uh, the, the dollars lost per game piece is maybe the regular season just means nothing to them. Um, right, but they care, they care about dollars in the sense of the value of their franchise right. more than the income from each game. And maintaining lower labor costs into the long term is worth eating the costs of, of, of losing 10 games. Ugh. Well, on that note, Let's take a quick word from our sponsor. We'll all refresh Twitter to see if Jeff Passan or um, Evan Drellich have any updates, and uh, we'll be right back. This episode of Battery Mates is brought to you by Manscaped. Guys, it's time to turn our calendars to March, and you know what that means. It's time for an event lineup so thrilling, so captivating, so unrelentingly action-packed that our brains can only handle it once a year. That's right, it's time for Lent. Christianity's March Madness. Now, we all know that finding something to cut back on without risking unnecessary pain and trauma isn't always easy. This year, don't wait until it's time to smudge the noggin to decide what you're shedding from your life. Use Manscaped's Lawnmower 4.0, the perfect tool for your family jewels, and use the offer code LENTONSHAVE for a one-time discount. We believe it was Ben Franklin who said, the tighter you can safely trim, the closer you are to God, Manscaped. We wish everybody, no matter your religion, a happy spring. Oh, that's 
That's a great one. It's good that we've still got sponsors after being off the air for two months, and especially given the uh, the difficult international uh, situation. Yeah. So um, really appreciate that the sponsors have stuck with us. What do we um what do we think about the uh, how the the postseason has affected our teams though? I mean, MLB is um a bit of a garbage fire and uh, the players are all over the place, but how how are the Guardians? I'm still getting used to oh, yeah. calling them by that name. How are they? Well, you know, I it's funny because I I'm also having a uh difficult time with the name. I was wearing my so if you're a Clevelander, you got a lot of Guardians gear. Or if Clevelander are not a um, a racist, I guess you got a lot of Guardians gear for Christmas. Um, so I, I I was excitedly wearing my Guardians like um, winter hat out in public, and some guy was like, "Wait, is is that the is that the, the Guardians? Is that a Guardians hat? Am I seeing a Guardians hat in real life?" And I'm like, "Yeah, man." And he goes, "Huh." this is the first one I've ever seen. This is crazy. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm in Chicago and he goes, Oh man, that's so cool. He's like, I- I'm a, I'm a Tigers fan, but I just, I'm just so happy to see the, the guardian. I was like, I, are you a plant? <laughs> what's going on here? It was very, it was very <laughs> strange. Um, but I hope I have these interactions all the time now. I really enjoyed someone just being so blown away by my hat. Um, <laughs> but so it, it's, it's really interesting because this should be an off season where they, the, the team, who is pretty good at this stuff is building momentum and excitement about the first year as the Cleveland guardians. And they haven't been able to do that. And for one, there were only like what, four weeks between the end of the the world series and the lockout. And the Cleveland front office has never been a front office that moves quickly in, you know, definitely not free agency, but you know, they, they like to bide their time and kind of strike when, they, they, they view, um, they kind of have a good sense of the market and all that stuff. And so we all kind of knew nothing was really going to happen before the the lockout. But that just means that because the lockout has lasted so long, there has been essentially now four months of inaction in what's supposed to be, you know, a pretty exciting, hopefully the inaugural season of the Cleveland Guardians. And it's it's been it's been depressing because and the other thing is they have to make moves the, 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 the roster as currently constructed yeah, right. cannot play on the field like they have 14 right players now the, right now the roster is like major league it, it, well right except except a bunch of players who've never yeah no it's basically major league um i mean they have some good players uh but their 40 man roster uh right before the lockout they 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 changed their 40 man roster and put a lot of their prospects on it um, in preparation for the Rule Five draft, so they wouldn't lose these some of these to protect these players, they wouldn't lose um, some of their top prospects, and they have a lot of them. So there's a glut of of uh, minor leaguers on the 40 man roster. There's 14 people who've never played a major league game on the 40 man roster. There are nine middle infielders on the 40 man roster. There's only six relievers <laughs> on the entire 40 man roster. So that you have to, there's going to have to be some uh, some changes made before they can play a game um because you have to you know you have to have at least six relievers to to feel the team uh and you know they're gonna have to give a bunch of you know flyers out to they're gonna have to make roster space for um people they want to give you know spring training invites to um and they're gonna have like a week to do that um and they'll have like three or four weeks to put the entire team on the field so I, you know, I, I, I would imagine they've done a lot of preparation. They probably have all their, you know, their chessboards all like laid out. Here's what, if this, this happens, here's what we do. And all, I'm sure there are different permutations of how this is going to play out, but I don't know. It just seems like that it's a real missed opportunity. And for, for players, for fans of, of this team, it's just, a, it's, it's such, it's such a like disappointing way this off season has gone um yeah. because it could have been so exciting do you, think that, do you think there's been much um like informal conversations do you think like, the front office has had like an informal conversation with a potential free agent or is that just not happening because of the quote-unquote rules i don't know i don't and i don't, I don't think i've seen any coverage of this um 
I don't know. I imagine that is probably frowned upon, but the our front office is talking about trades. I could see that. I could. Why not? Right. Um. You know, they can speak in hypotheticals, and uh, yeah, maybe you're, maybe I'm wrong about that. I mean, the, the there's no reason why an agent couldn't be talking to a just kind of spitballing, right? I don't, I don't know. That's a really good question. I, I, I haven't seen any coverage of, you know, what's going on behind the scenes in front offices who, you know, have nothing to do with the negotiations here um, and are just kind of waiting uh, for the ability to kind of like pull the trigger on their offseason plans. But yeah. there's still yeah. a bunch of free agents out there, you know, like what, where's well, Carlos Correa going to sign? Yeah. They haven't, yeah, it's been, a, yeah. Yeah. So I, I don't know. Uh, Matthew, how, what, how does the, how the Nationals, um, you know, how does this really affect them? Well, I mean, we we had a rebuild, the, yeah. the first phase of a rebuild last season, um, which I, I kind of feel like everyone was like, oh, we're rebuilding, we're rebuilding. Well, what we did was dismantle the team, yeah. and we haven't done anything since. So um, things that have happened are uh, that Ryan Zimmerman has retired, which so there's a, a further kind of like dismantling of the team, although he's pretty old and was only a bit player anyway. We also had um, a bit of a new story over the weekend. Juan Soto said that he was uh, made, an, made an extension offer. Yeah. Uh, he was offered $350 million for 13 years, uh, none of which was deferred, which is a huge deal for the Nationals because they defer all of their salaries. <laughs> Uh, and he, he turned that down because he is a Scott Boris uh, player, and so we'll go for oh. free agency. Um, when is he? Yeah, a, do you know when is he a free agent? That's a great question. I think we have three more seasons. Yeah, that sounds right. Um, but still, it would have been the third biggest um, extension in Major League history. So I think it's a, a reasonable offer. But the Nationals have kind of developed this sort of track record of of making offers that are good enough for the fans to buy but not good enough for the players to buy yeah. <laughs> and i think that's what we've what we've got here so um so i think i think the the general's the general situation is the one of stasis we know the mets are going to be a million miles ahead of us we know the braves are definitely a million miles ahead of us so are the phillies and so we want to compete but we know we probably can't and that is leaving everyone with a pretty bad taste in their mouth. Right. So not a huge, not a huge impact from the, from the, um, from the lockout because we weren't expecting to make loads and loads of moves, but uh, we definitely have, I mean, all over the, all over the field, we need to, we need to work out what's what, you know, cause we are, we don't have a full starting rotation. We don't have key. We have good people in every uh, position on the, on the starting lineup. It's pretty ugly. It's pretty ugly. Yeah, and and it's it stinks that if that's the case, if, if there's kind of like a rebuild going on here in the la in the in those you know to, to only have control over Juan Soto for three more seasons and to not make the most of those seasons, it feels very reminiscent of when Cleveland just basically, even though they were a competitive team in 2018, 2019, 2020, they didn't really supplement the roster in a way that. That yeah. indicated they're going to go for it, um, and in this in that limited window when they knew they had Lindor on the on the team, um, it feels like a waste, doesn't it? It does feel like a waste, knowing that like, you know, I I don't know about Lindor. I I kind of felt that way about him at the time, but you know, Juan Soto is twenty three and is easily one of the best players in the game, and seems like potentially a generational talent, right? Um, right. So I, I don't know. It seems like he's someone, you know, I I think you're right. They offered him $350 million knowing he'd turn it down. But uh, it's a, it's remarkable that he's almost certainly worth more than that. At age 23, um, yeah. you know, he'll, he'll be 36 by the time. And it's the way he's like, you know, assuming he stays healthy, you know, there's no reason to think he's going to like collapse as a, as a hitter. Um, he's just such a good hitter. I don't know. Love him. Mm-hmm. Anyway, that's well. That's good. I mean, I guess you're not going to change your team name, you don't think? <laughs> no, no. But we, uh, we maybe, the maybe other Washington team did. <laughs> sure, it's a bad name, though, isn't it? 
It's well, a really bad name. Well, I mean, look, I think having gone through this, uh, you know, with Cleveland, I, I, I don't think there are many, many good names. Like, there are the name a team after a color or a, or like a, a sock, um, a sock color specifically. Um, or, I mean, I don't know. There's not really good, like, I guess you could say the Tigers are a classic team name, but I mean, Detroit isn't known for having Tigers. I mean, I, I don't, I don't, I guess I don't understand. I don't think there are many good team names. Maybe Commanders is too, like, generic or something. Um, it's too many syllables. Okay. It's too many syllables. Well, it's com- command. It's three. Guardians is also three. Well, Indians maybe not. Is three. Maybe not too many syllables. It just takes too long to say. Nationals is three. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it takes too long to write. That's what. That's what it is. Okay. What, too long to write. But what are they going to call? Nationals are the Nats. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, what are they going to call them? What's the shorthand for commanders? Is it commies? The commas. Commies. <laughs> <laughs> I want, really want it to be commies. Can we call them the commies? Um, we're just going to call them the commies from now on. The Washington commies. <laughs> <laughs> uh, they're going to call them the commies whether you, whether you like it or not. So you might as well <laughs> lean into it. Uh, that's great. Okay, well, um, more to come, I guess. On <laughs> We'll have to have an episode every, like, three or four days once the CBA agreement has been reached. So we can t- cover it's gonna the It's going to be busy. It's going to be super busy. The off season is going to happen in 10 days. It really is. Yeah. Well, it has to, because, you know, you, you know, I don't think that I imagine if you are still a free agent at this point, you are pretty, you're itching to figure out where you're going to play this season, right? Where are you going to go to Florida or Arizona in a matter of days, right? Like that's a, that that seems like a big deal, a big like something you'd have to distract yourself from thinking about. Right. Like, um, anyway, I'm sure I'm sure Carlos Correa is doing just fine and figuring like distracting himself. Um, but uh, and but also like Chris Bryant and uh, Anthony Rizzo. I'm sure I'm missing people. <laughs> These are all people who are still free agents, right? Big stars, still free agents yeah. out there. Um. So let's, so let's, let's go ahead. I just had to laugh because it's been such off, such an off season that I there's a there's a British MP called Chris Bryant who's like really really hot on Ukraine and sanctions against uh, Russians. He's been in the news all week. Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant, Chris Bryant. So when you said when you said like Chris Bryant's a free agent, I was like, what the. What? Oh, yeah, as a baseball player. <laughs> this is why I need baseball back. The point at which Chris Bryant, when somebody says Chris Bryant, I'm thinking British MP, is the point at which there's not enough baseball happening. I think that's a good rubric. I mean, I don't think it applies to many baseball fans out there, but I think I, maybe we could change that. This is the only podcast that can change that. Um <laughs> Let's talk about. Let's wrap up by talking a little bit about like. I I think the the bigger picture here, which is that, you know, no no, no fans are happy about this lockout and um, how it, you t- you talked about how it's just difficult as a fan to follow it or to be interested in it, um, even if you want to have even if you want to root for the players or, uh, you know, for labor justice, if you will, it's just there's no, it's almost impossible to do. Um, and I think the, the, the thing that is just so, you know, depressing about all this is that no one seems to be thinking about the fans or the sport, um, and major league baseball just ends up looking really, really bad. Um, yeah. I mean, and, 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 you know, the NFL just had, you know, in America, the NFL just had a phenomenal season, but the playoffs were probably the best NFL playoffs of all time. They were so everything ended in a like walk off field goal, right? Like um, they all came down to the, the wire. Um, the Super Bowl was good, right? The Super Bowl halftime show was good, right? <laughs> there was, it was, it was a, a very successful season for the NFL. Um, the NBA is having, you know, they're on the rise. They're they're They seem to have, figured out how to market multiple stars across multiple small markets, you know, Milwaukee and Milwaukee just won the championship. Right. But they, you know, they, they're, they're really, they're, they're doing great. 
Um, and here we are with baseball. You know, the end of the Super Bowl is usually a moment where a lot of people no- are annoying and go on Twitter, ma- namely myself, and say like, hey, it's baseball season, everybody. Um, and it's really depressing that's not the case right now. So I, I, you'd think, I don't know, you'd think somebody would be, it'd be somebody's job to be thinking about the health of the sport. Um, and yet nothing if if nothing else the the lockout has made clear that it's no one's job to be taking care of baseball the sport I, that, I think that that is the key point for me like the the owners primarily the players a little bit but the the owners primarily are acting like everything in the sport is is cushy that they're they that they that the the golden goose will keep laying eggs right <clears throat> but we have also spent the last few years talking about the fact that young fans don't, are, aren't interested in the game we need to make these changes and those changes and pace of play and all these other kind of things because we know that the average age of fans is getting older and the viewership is you know struggling compared to other um sports and i just don't understand that the 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 attitude that the sort of they are fighting over something that is diminishing and the fight is diminishing it further right and that just seems like a really really stupid way to approach things yeah and i think the commissioner's office in traditionally at least through the 80s the commissioner's office was not just the representative of the owners Right, the commissioner had a, a duty to kind of duty, a, a, du- <laughs> a duty to to like make sure that the sport, like to uphold the integrity of the sport. Right, that's the the, the commissioner. The origin the origin of the commissioner was uh, during the Black Sox controversy. Right, baseball that, that commissioner the commissioner became a role that meant something, um, and right. had to adjudicate that big stain on the sport and you know in many ways help you know set the course on shaping the 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 way the sport grew and grew in in popularity and and now it's just like oh they're just the the figurehead of the owners right um and that's you know and they and and they, you're right they see their job as like optimizing their annual revenue and and minimizing their payouts and their like labor costs but no one's job is you know figuring out how to and it's it's not that it's unrelated that's the thing that kills me it's like part of that revenue optimization is like figuring out a way to make baseball more popular to to help like bring the sport to younger generations and you know not a bunch of old white people um the, the, this is the thing it's like that no one is no i don't know if anyone's trying to but they're definitely not succeeding in making more of what baseball already is like right. i don't know what it's like for for you but the 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 tv situation for the nationals through masson is unbelievably bad it's so low quality the social media output is better than the TV output, but it's still not it's still not good. You know the the access to the players, the you know there's just so, there's so much about the game that is so half-assed that you think that they that, that you think that they're in a in a in a in a, a sport that is so successful they don't need to try, but that's actually the opposite of what the situation is, and that was before they even got involved in this crazy lockout so i mean it just it just feels like some really worrying worrying years ahead uh, they seem to think that the solution to that is expanded playoffs i don't i don't really buy that no not at all um i mean i think that if, you, if you're already if you're following baseball in the, in the expanded playoffs you're already a fan um right. i don't know i i, I right. yeah that doesn't solve the, the basic problem of <laughs> right but we <laughs> knowing us by the time this episode actually drops, 
Rob yep. Manfred will have already announced a deal, and <laughs> they will be so they will be playing spring game, uh, spring training games by next weekend, and the season will be one of the most successful in in history. So what do we know? But <laughs> <laughs> the, I, I, do you know what? I would take that though because. I just want to watch baseball again. I really, yeah. really just want to watch baseball again. So, you know, if if this lockout goes on a lot longer, I'm I'm going to be forced, and I don't want to do this, but I will be forced to um, watch the uh, watch the watch the documentaries again. And I, <laughs> I don't want to I don't want to do that, but I will if I have to. But you know, but... I I hope there is going to be baseball because I really, really want to come and do a battery mates live uh we've got a couple of different schedules i sent you some dates for yep. june which is a um a swing through southern california and a schedule for august which i think is a swing through the midwest either way whatever we can make work if i can see baseball this year i will be significantly happier <laughs> same um and you know, I, I when you say watch the documentaries, you're talking about the footage of the 2019 <laughs> series, right? That's you're calling those the documentaries now. <laughs> I meant I meant Ken Burns, but actually oh, 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 20, yeah. the, the 2019, the 2019. I, I, I said the documentaries like I was talking about the book. <laughs> like everybody knows what the book is. <laughs> Sorry, the, the Ken, I meant the Ken Burns documentaries because that's how much I just want to watch and think about and feel baseball again but let's uh, let's all let's all you know everybody listening to this like look around grab somebody's hand and obviously if you don't know the person ask for consent um but like it's it's, it's all join hands and you know i don't know if we're praying people here um i don't know if we believe in the baseball gods but we let's send some signal to the world that uh we need to have baseball bring baseball back um, figure this yep. CBA out. Um, and uh, I don't know if you have any take, words you want to say. Take somebody's hand and quietly at first, building up to a crescendo until you are shouting at the top of your lungs, say, shag those balls. <laughs> <laughs>